All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and the newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert Rob Holmes, and today, Steve Allman is not actually going to be with us on this episode. Uh, He is currently getting established in Los Angeles. We talked about that actually on uh, the Child's Play episode a little bit. Um, But today, we have two very special guests. They are local horror experts. Trisha and Gordon Martin. Why, thank you. I don't know if I would actually count myself as a horror expert, but certainly a dabbler with a great love for the art. Yeah, you're more of an expert than me, but I love horror movies. Yeah, that's really all it takes. (laughs) Honestly, at the end of the day, you know, what is an expert except a person who just knows a bunch of facts about some horror stuff? And we all know a bunch of facts about horror movies. But uh, the specific film we're going to be looking at is directorial debut of Jason Fleming. Uh, you might know him from Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, and a bunch of other, um, like, Matthew Vaughn films. He's worked with him a lot. Uh, this is his directorial debut, and it is called Eat Local, or Eat Locals, or... Depending on where you look at it. Yeah, it's really confusing on trying to figure that out, because when you look it up some places, it has a little S on it. Other ones don't. IMDb has the S. The actual movie does not. And then spoilers, like, yeah, at the end, the credits, there's no S. So, Jason Fleming... I know I Fleming, just ruined the whole movie for everyone. I think, <laughs> I think we did. Jason Fleming obviously didn't want the, the S on the end of it. But, uh, so this is a little British horror film that was way better than I expected it to be. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, definitely, from reading the description, I honestly laughed at it. I thought it was going to be some completely horrible cheesy B movie that you would you would obviously at least give it a few minutes and then go okay this is too bad to even make fun of and get through but it after watching the trailer it looked very delightful and it definitely surprised in very positive ways now see after watching the trailer i was expecting something along the lines of Shaun of the dead kind of humor yeah. and production quality and yeah. style maybe but on that one, it wasn't quite up to that level for me, but I still very much enjoyed. But you could see some of the elements of like uh, the Guy Ritchie influence in the way he tried to do some of his transitions. Oh, definitely, yeah. They were, yeah, they were well thought out. Yeah, it's like that combination of Guy Ritchie, Matthew Vaughn. Like it's the combination stylistically of people who he's worked with a lot over the years. Because sure. like Matthew Vaughn, he worked with on like Kick Ass and a yeah. couple other films. And, and you could tell he was Guy paying Ritchie, attention. Yeah. And and that gave him, I think, a solid entry. I don't think it was necessarily stellar in the mm-hmm. camera work. I don't think it was anything like over the top, blow you away. But what you did get out of the camera was um, something very stable giving you a good-looking frame to tell the story in. And it, it just didn't do much more than mm-hmm. that, mind you. Right, it wasn't but a part that of... But that, that, that did the job. It wasn't a it part of the, the exposition. Like the, it was not used to be a part of the story. It was just there it, to show what the story was. And it yeah. did that well. Yeah. It did that job well. Yeah, I would say it was... So based on the trailer, right? Because this is how we were introduced to even watching this. It mm-hmm. was kind of a... You know what? Let's just kind of do a random crapshoot on Amazon Prime, which is right. not a bad thing. This is how you find some good horror films, those Absolutely. diamonds in the rough. Now, we were going through trailers, and remember, those posters that they put on there are deceiving. Because oh, you're yes. like, oh, this could look good. And then you watch the trailer, and you're like, oh, no. That's hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, and just mm, you, you, delicious. Can, you can just rip apart everything with the production value. So after about seven or eight trailers of us going through and being like, yeah. oh, some were good, some were, mm, some were really bad. We get to this one, and right away, stylistically, on point. Yeah. Humor, on, on point. point. Like, this looked very much like it was going to be an Edgar Wright film. Yes. It, yeah. had, it, got, it had that vibe. And it had, like, spot-on humor mm-hmm. that was edited into, edited into a trailer perfectly. Seeing it fully stretched out, this is not that movie, 
but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. 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 And, and that's the thing is is in the trailer, it it did walk that line very well, but between showing its its kind of action sensibilities, what it was going to try to do yep. in the movie as far as action is concerned, but it certainly did not hide the fact that it was going to be a bit cheeky. Yeah. Right. You know, and granted, at some points, it, it kind of wavered on walking the line well, and sometimes it, it stumbled. Oh, definitely. But it recovered in such... Brilliant ways, and, and mm-hmm. we'll get into, I'm sure, some of those specific scenes oh, we, yeah, that, we'll, that stood out to each of us. But uh, <laughs> that's what I'll say: is that it stumbled a few times, but when it recovered, it recovered brilliantly. Yeah, and this is um, so it's an interesting film when you when we're looking at it. So the concept of this, which you know, as you all know, this is a very spoilery show, so we're just going to delve into it. Um, it seems like right off the bat that there are these eight vampire overlords in the UK, and they meet up every I think five years or fifty, so, years. 50 years, every fifty every years, fifty years yeah. to kind of go over, you know, the rules and stuff, and, and just kind territory of who well. has territory and right. kind of see where things are going. And we're introduced to that right away. We're introduced to it very in a, a yeah, really interesting cool way. way really I think. Inter- yeah, yeah, yeah. You come through this this uh, kind of digital. Um, CGI grandfather clock through all these. It looks like it's going to be Lionsgate introduction. Yeah, that's that's exactly. And it gets more complex, and and it's just these gears, and you you kind of come out of this grandfather clock, and you've got this bird's eye view of the room as these people are entering this room. Yeah, you have no idea where this is. You have nothing to go on about these characters other than the description. But they're just slowly coming in, and you see them taking their mm-hmm. place in this room for this once every fifty year meeting. It was just a well done intro, I think. Yeah, it, was, it was very nice. It was a good setup for that. You know that there's, you know, they all know each other. That there's something there, and then yeah, definitely some history. Yeah, yeah and they start discussing, you know, their territories, and they start discussing. It, it seems to be first all right, and then get a little sinister. Over yeah. times, especially yeah. when they're looking at one person and getting accusatory. Sure. And he's like, we're not talking to you. And then they look over at another guy. Right. They do that misdirection on screen. You know, addressing the kind of accusations they're making at someone other than who they're making them at. And so that reveal is kind of our first hint of how kind of serious the stakes are in this particular film because we find out at that point that one of them has in some way betrayed the trust and the price must be paid. They're they're going to be taken out. So it's like, yeah, you have certain rules that are set in this vampire world. Like they're... Mm. So essentially, they used to be very, very powerful, had all the glory, and now this it's done. They're kind of struggling a little bit and having to... They don't want to be found out. They don't want to be exterminated. Yet they're they're trying to pick people off still without getting noticed. Right. That's the well, hardest and, part. And there is the quote unquote vegan yeah. uh, of the group. He does not feed on humans. He feeds on animals. animals. Yeah. Which is played kind by, of a played throwback. By Charlie Cox. Which, yes. Uh, so I didn't think Charlie Cox was going to be in this movie for long because usually, so he plays Daredevil in the Marvel Netflix series. Right. Um. I saw that he was in this, and I'm thinking, all right, he'll just cameo in this. This yeah. won't be a big role for him. Nah, man, he's in this whole movie. He stuck it and out. It is awesome. He's a and great. He's acting is great. He's, he's fantastic. Good. He's his character yeah. is is one of my favorites in this film, and I really like his explanation when they say, "Oh, we'll just go after like the migrants," mm. and he said, "Yeah, that's not really a good idea because, you know." He gives this explanation. They about, have people who care. You can't say they don't. Well, no one cares it's about not, them. Well, it's, it goes beyond that. Yeah. He's like, these are the people who take care of us. They do right. the jobs we don't want to do, and then that money goes back to the families who want to come over here, and it's this cycle that keeps right. going. He's like, so if you want to do that, I don't really think that would be such a good idea. Right. His explanation is brilliant, and it's done in such a simple way that every time they bring up a different type of group. That we should that they should go after, um, his which seems to be the one that all movies want to go after and all this stuff has the most logical reason of why not to do that. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, it's so all this takes place on like an abandoned farm or not an abandoned farm but on a farm 
on farmland. On a farm. On yes. a farm. Let's we put it find that way. out more about that later. Uh, and we're introduced to like soldiers watching this farm as some right. are on their way to somewhere, and we find out there's a priest with these soldiers, played by uh, Mackenzie Crook. Uh, is it Cook or Crook? I think it's Crook, right? I, I think it's Crook. Yeah. He uh, is in. He was the original, um, not Dwight, but whoever the character was in the Office. Right, right. And he was in uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. I feel like he was underutilized in this. Like they had him in it. Sure. And then yeah. it didn't go as far with the character as I was kind of hoping they they could have. Yeah, he he kind of had that kind of. Uh, I mean, if you're a Clive Barker fan, that Lylesburg feel from uh, yeah. from Nightbreed, Nightbreed, the the priest who got pressed into service. Only yeah. in this case, he seemed almost. Like he thought he was in charge until he got smacked down. Oh, he he totally yeah. thought he was in charge. He's telling you know this whole military, like the military guys, the colonel or whatever, exactly what to do. He's like, do this, do that. I'm telling you what to do because the church says that we. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing fatigues, right? right? We never really see. No, anything. we don't see any trappings of religion. Yeah, it's, except it's, it's just mentioned, right? Um, which I thought was great. It a wasn't very, just shoved very, in our face. Yeah, a very militant priest, not somebody like done up in their Sunday best, but. Somebody mm-hmm. who looked like a soldier but was operating ostensibly on authority from God. Right, and it was almost the opposite of what you would expect. The priest would be the one who wants to capture someone or save. Right. Instead, he wanted to eradicate. It was the soldiers who wanted to capture. Right. Um, for some purpose for that we some, don't really see at first, right? Realize and at until first later. it seems like they just want him captured, and he's like, "Okay, that seems strange that they would want that." And then the priest is like, "No, I want him dead." Right, and it's like uh, maybe we don't. Yeah. Maybe we maybe we want to keep one alive at least. And they're like, "Why do you want to do that?" And there's there's a fun stuff that we'll get into in a little bit about that. Um, sure. But we we kind of get to uh, we're introduced to um, one of our characters. What, what is her? Uh, who's it played by? Eva. What is her last name? And I just looked her up too. So if you've ever seen the show Torchwood, yes. she uh, she was the lead yes. on Torchwood. Um, so we're introduced to her and this guy who has this awful man bun the entire <laughs> yes, time. he does. Oh, it is absolutely terrible. It, it makes it very difficult to feel any sympathy mm-hmm. for him, and in my want, opinion. It, well, it is also the way he comes off in the beginning. You're just thinking to yourself, oh, this, just guy, eat, this guy is an idiot. Just eat him. Yeah. Just, just eat him. Um, but they bring him out to this. And it's, I, I'm expecting him to be food sure. originally. Yeah, absolutely. She, she's picking him up from this like bus station or train station. Mm-hmm. And bringing him over to meet what she's like, oh, meet my friends and whatever, and we'll just have a bite. And then he's like, yeah, and then we'll go. Yeah, okay, and stuff. And she's right. like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and um, and this is the meeting of these eight vampires. Of these which, eight vampires, As right. we discussed earlier, which I think we're about to go into in a little bit more detail, one of those eight was kind of doing some shit that the rest of them caught on to. And so that kind of clues into why this guy is being brought along. Right. Despite our initial... Oh, and that's... I thought that was great because you're like, this guy is going to be food. food. Just one person? Okay, that's that's fine, I guess. There's these eight vampires. They're going to need their... They're going to need food. But then... They say, well, this group has always been eight. It always needs to be eight. That's the that's how we keep it. I think they mentioned six at one point, but they were like, no, now we go to it's eight. It's eight now. It right. will always be eight. We don't really get into the why, why in that yeah. mythos, but it is established pretty well that and that, that is the way it is. Yeah. So what ends up happening is this this one guy who seemed like he was he was totally cool with everybody and seemed really chill has been overpicking his quota. Right and some overfeeding, of his, as overfeeding, and some of it has been you know like children, right? And that's a big no no. There are certain rules that people have to follow, and moral. There's still morals that they have, sure. Um, and that was that was one of the things they had voted on a long time ago. It's was like a big no no vampire, uh, right? Well, exactly. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a child murderer, and right. it's, it, anyway, even um, in prisons, pedophiles and and right. child killers get. The other criminals really wanting to kill them, so yeah. I think they were kind of trying to draw some kind of similarity in that model of thinking. Look, that just because they're vampires if, doesn't mean that yeah, they're that total they're savages. Right. Exactly, right. they're they're and they have they just have a modified diet that right. they have to consider. <laughs> and here's the other part. I mean, seriously, remember this guy yeah. is an overlord, right? So if he is doing that, then it is considered okay. For he even said like right. the, for one of the other vampire lords, it said. Um, 
we should just take what's ours, we should take what we want. Mm -hmm. He's saying it, but he never is going to follow through with it. He's living on these old values. We find out later he's been around for thousands of years. He has fought with Alexander the Great, all these other right. people over this time. But my, what has he wait, done lately? My favorite is, what has he done lately? <laughs> right. That was, I loved it because they were absolutely building up into that vampire trope of, let me tell you about how long I have lived and my glorious accomplishments and the people that I've yeah. met and partied with and hung out with and fought with. And then the whole fucking anti-climax is just, yeah, but what have you done lately? That was that was a brilliant takedown to that trope. That was perfect because this vampire is just like telling all this amazing stuff, and it's the human, the goofy, yeah. the goofy dude with the man bun in the beginning who just <laughs> right. It's that that he just says it, says to him, and it just breaks him. It's it's yeah. so good. Dude has no response. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is taking... Because you started to feel the movie almost take itself too seriously as he was giving that little monologue. <laughs> right. And then you they brought it back down. And they're like, no, 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 we don't take ourselves that seriously. Come on, we're going to crush that right fucking yeah. now. And they, they got out in front of that. Now, I will say... In a very funny way. I do like the, the vampire characters, too. We have, like, an old woman character. We have... Yes. Uh, couple of um you know the older traditional type vampire guys people you would expect to be um but then we get the first guy taken out they they kill their own charlie cox breaks a leg off the chair and just like stabs him and they dust him essentially you fucked up we're gonna fix this boom you're done and then we find out down to seven yeah and we find out that they're bringing this person this guy man bun i'm just gonna call him man bun Man bun. Mm -hmm. To become the new member of this order. Right. So they knew ahead of time that they were going to take this dude out for Mm -hmm. breaking the rules. Yeah. And so that flips on its head. You're thinking this guy is going to be dinner. But no, he was actually the one they're bringing to consider as the new eight. Right. Right. It seemed like it was the girls. Eve Miles, I looked her up. Yeah. Eve Miles. um, I looked like she had been like grooming him or something for a while. Absolutely, yeah. Like Uh, she, she was... Her, it was he was. It her was her pick. pick. Yeah, exactly. And it was like yeah, it was her time to do, and she was like, yeah, I spent all this time, four months. But then you have Peter, which is the the guy who's was bragging about how he how old he was and how he was right. Alexander the Great, exactly. saying, well, you didn't consult me on this. Yeah, you know, the guy we just killed, he was mine. Like I brought him in. Right. So I should have been able to pick one. He's been bitter already. So they all have to be unanimous True. in their vote. Everyone is except for him. Right. And they try to sway him, and our main guy, um, I guess Sebastian, yeah, is yeah. trying the to guy, yeah. the human guy is trying to, uh, played by Billy Cook, um, yeah. is trying to be like, no, it's cool, guys, don't worry about it. I mean, it's cool that I'm not, you know, I would be part of your club, I guess, but you know, if they don't want to vote me in, no it's hard, cool. no, no hard feelings. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, it's not really like that, man. Yeah. It's not really like that. And then when she slams him into the ground, he realizes, right. oh, no. Because he finds out by looking. Right. Uh, it, the older, the, the older the, female it, vampire, Alice, like, basically something happens and it causes her to change for a second. Yeah. Right. And he freaks right. out. Well, and that was after he looked <clears throat> into the mirror and, and did not way. see anyone there but just the knitting going on. Yeah. And that then, was cool. Yeah, that, that was fun. That's, that's an old trope. You see that a lot, but I forgive them because it, it worked so well because yeah. it led up into that brief reveal, which mm-hmm. is really one of our first looks at what these vampires look like in their, I guess, monster form. No, no, they didn't. Um, and then we also have people like uh, Freeman Adjaman. She was in, she was one of the Doctor's companions on uh, Capaldi's Correct. seasons. Right. She's awesome. In this, yeah. it's so random to see her in this type of role because she's a vampire. She's one of the vampire lords um, right. who meets up with them. They're all, and it's really interesting just to see the different ages and everything that they go through. Sure, yeah, uh, and it's very broad. Uh, and she's great in in the entire film too. She's kind of snarky, spunky. She has a couple cheesy lines in there. Absolutely, but I think everyone in this film does. Yeah, uh, Alice, the older vampire woman, she has this cool moment with the machine gun, but then it goes cheesy. Right. It gets so <laughs> it does. It goes it into does. this like it turns into Zack Snyder's slow mo. it's <laughs> but each. I will say I will say I when we were first looking at this movie, I went and I looked up a few reviews of it. Uh, nothing with spoilers, but I did just see some IMDb reviews, and one of the reviews struck me. Any movie that features a grandma 
vampire wielding a machine gun has its heart in the right place. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Whether or not you fully pull it off, and I believe this one did very well, but God damn it, you're right. That That's at least the heart in the right place. <laughs> but also, like, the other heart in the right place that turned out well, it was a sacrifice moment that she does later on, where sure. she's, like, has a walker or something, and mm-hmm. then yeah. she moves up to this guy, and she's like, oh, they've... They did this to me. Yeah, oh no, they've done awful the things. Yeah. Playing the victim. Everyone's telling them, don't go up, don't go up, don't right. go up. And then she just pulls apart the walk or whatever. It's two knives. Two handles. Stabs yeah. him in the neck. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. But then, yeah, they, awesome. then they obliterate her. Which, right. so, so this movie goes from, they, they're about to eat this guy. Because yeah. they couldn't vote on him fully. Right. And right at that moment, SWAT team breaks in. Right. And so, I don't think they knew that they were really vampires. I don't think I think, I think some no, of them knew, but not first team. From from the the sense I got of it was that they were used to they knew vampires were a thing, but they were used to finding them in like one. Yeah, you know they were not. This is probably the first time they come across that. The large two cold of a bodies they seemed freaked out when they saw two because they had thermal imaging and one right. guy's looking through and it's very funny. Like he's hilarious the entire time when he's yeah. looking through the goggles and they both are, especially when there's awful stuff. Yeah, going there's down. these goggles that will basically thermal goggles. You can yeah. see who's alive and who's dead. Yeah, which plays in later on. And they they're like, oh, we found our cold body, great. And then they're like, wait, there's another one, right? Oh, uh, what do we do? And so then I don't think this particular team or organization had ever come across a gathering yeah. like this once every fifty. Well, Charlie Cox gathering. even said, "You guys killed more of us tonight than, than you ever had in a thousand in a years. thousand years." Right, and that's then we killed like four. Right, exactly. So they're used to rarely coming across like one. Yeah. For them to see two, much less eight. Yeah. And a vampire lords on top of it, or overlords on top right. of that. It's crazy. So, I mean, very much like um, the uh, Vampire the Masquerade game is kind of, it seems how the uh, politics in this is set up, where there are, you know, individual rulers over particular areas, domains. Um, yeah. Like, just to break it down to something local to us, it could be Richmond might be ruled by somebody, but then DC would be ruled by somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they might have politics between mm-hmm. them. So they did kind of allude to that kind of um, broad world building. We just didn't get to see as much of that. No, we just as, got the UK pretty much. It's right. split into eight cantonal regions essentially right. that they are that they're ruling over. So it's different territories. Um, which is is super interesting. I mean, I found the whole thing to be like when you're when you're thinking about that, you're like, oh shit, okay. So there's these eight there, and they, that's why they keep it with the eight also right. because of like who's taking over what territories. Sure. Um, well, then yeah, they basically invade, and they're like, oh, we have a problem here, and the guy's like, yeah, we have more of a problem like than you realize. Right. And right. that's when it starts getting like crazy crazy because yeah. uh, Charlie Cox hits the lights off there's a lot of gunfire blood splatter that's yep. when the guys are looking through the goggles and they have that really cool moment of pulling stuff away yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that I mean that's the first time you get the sense of um, what level of action it's really going to go to as far as what the vampires do as opposed to just We've already seen soldiers. We know they have guns. Yeah. We saw the grandma with the machine gun, but that's that's a vampire using a human weapon. What are the vampires actually going to do as vampires? And that's kind of the first kickoff of that. Yeah, I think like um, once the vampires start their their full attacks, then it basically turns into like a firefight almost for the rest of the movie. So we're dealing with basically like an hour long firefight. Right. Um. But this is where the movie starts getting... It's fun, but it's strange. True, yeah. Um, they have hosts. Mm. Yes, yes they do. Uh, so these, these yeah. vampires, these eight vampires <laughs> who meet once every 50 years. So obviously, you know, if they're going to have human hosts, it's really not going to be the same people over and over and over. Because, well, people, they die. They don't live forever. Um what kind of people would host these vampires, you might ask yourself. Yeah. And the answer to willingly. that question... Well, no one willingly. Is, is no, well, they're tied up. 
Right. Why? And, and, and what, what about them was, oh, I see why they might have picked you. Because they were serial killers, or cannibals. How do, but yeah, I mean, how do we even know that? What's the introduction Well, the to human that? dude, Sebastian, opens a fridge. Right. To look for a knife to cut the guy. So we have these farmers. The farmer and his wife are basically the hostages or whatever at this right. point. And they're tied up. They have the eat local thing on their head. And they seem really innocent at first. At she's first, really absolutely. mad at the husband, though. She hates him. She's cussing him out right, right away. And when she has a moment to escape, she does. And I love when she does because she tries to zigzag out. <laughs> yes. That that was a very, very Monty Python. And there are several very Monty Python-esque yeah. moments in this film, which is just, you know, the epitome of the British humor coming through. A flaming through. chicken. But she is literally out there running in a slow zigzag pattern back and forth. <laughs> and then we cut to two of the soldiers that yeah. are ambushing the house. And that's what cements the, the beauty in this, this comic moment. Like, what is she doing? Because at first they were shooting and they realized she was a warm body. Right. They, they figured they out she's shooting. human. And then she's still running back and forth all crazy. Like, what is she doing? I think she's trying to avoid our gunfire. Right. <laughs> okay. So they're like, well, I guess she's going to do that. Go ahead. Let's, let's fire at her then. <laughs> let's give her an incentive or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was it. like, let's give her some motivation or something. That's like what that. it, was, it was, yeah. It was just amazing because they just do that. And then she gets away. Right. And then she's kind of explaining the situation to the commander and something seems off in how she's doing it like right, she doesn't yeah. seem right it's almost <laughs> like we, we, she wasn't in on this but something is going on with her and the commander straight up just like leads her away when she's like I have to pee I have to pee alright I guess I'll be I'll be off now and they walk into darkness and I'm expecting her right. to maybe attack the commander yeah, right. that's what I was thinking right. too but then you hear a scream well, you hear a gunshot. A gunshot, and a scream. scream. Yeah. And that commander just comes back. He straight up old yellered her. He yeah. took yeah. her out back and old yellered her. She was old yellered. It was it was absolutely crazy. And then the the husband is like, he hears this going on with right. Sebastian inside of the house, freaking out a little bit. Gunfire starts happening. One of my favorite moments in the trailer is he's like, what are you, oh, I need help. And he puts a bucket on the guy's head, and he's yes. like, how is this going to help? Because bullets are ricocheting in All around the room. Into the room. This has happened multiple times. It's ricocheting to hit him multiple times. Um, he puts a bucket on this guy's head. He's like, that's not going to help me at all. Ding, two <laughs> seconds later, and he's like, oh. Oh, yeah, no, that did help. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he used to see it dead in the bucket. And it would have been, I mean, it was a, it was a direct headshot, too. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and it, it just dinged like right off the Like, seconds bucket. after he puts the bucket on his head. I was thinking my was, ears would just that start was some, bleeding That was some sound. good comedic timing. The comedic timing and it was, a lot of this it was, is gold. Yeah. Just a very, that was a very British fucking yeah. setup but and see, joke. But see, a lot of those moments were used in the trailer. Same with the chicken. Yeah, true. Yeah. And, uh, true. You know, he Miles looks at the chicken, and she has those good practical effects they did yes, with the which, veins coming down her face. Right. Um, which is a way that they actually managed to pull off looks like that while saving money. Because the the budget on this is something shit. we'll discuss later, I think. Well, we can but, talk about it right okay, now. Yeah. I mean, it is ooh, it's so low. The way they pull so it low. off, it looks like they had more money to spend. And it's because of smart decisions like yeah. that scene that Rob was just talking about when she turns to look at the chickens that are making noises as she's hiding in the coop from these soldiers. You see a view from the soldiers POV pretty much looking through a crack in the door into the hen house. Mm -hmm. Her face is normal. It is human. We see the chickens behind her. We hear them starting to make noise. We immediately cut to an 180 over her shoulder as she turns around now the practical effects are in place yeah. so whereas a, a movie that might not have had a, a firm grip on what they could realistically pull off might have chosen to try to do some massive transformation scene that just fell flat after she turns like right. she turns then her face and then, changes exactly yeah. bad, they, yeah. they were smart about it they knew yeah. we couldn't pull that off so let's just do the practical effect in a way that works and just 
don't do the whole expensive thing that you would expect. And that made, conversely, mm -hmm. to what you might expect, it made it feel much more expensive than oh, it was. Like the scene where she's, um, like we said, like you said earlier, she has some cheesy lines sometimes. Like, sure. everyone's a food critic. Well, she's got <laughs> right, blood all right. over her mouth. And she's got her fangs because she's just been eating this dude. Right. And she wipes her mouth off and her fangs are gone. And they could have done that with CG or whatever. But you know she pulled her fangs off or something. Sure. But it looked good. It was it looked yeah, good. It's, it's all, it's, yeah, it's all, you know, sleight of hand and, and things like that. Right. When they go into digital, they started with a dusting going digital and then yeah. they pulled away from it. Yeah. And they went into another shot where you're hearing everything happen and it worked. When uh, Sebastian's falling out the window, he's yeah. up again. Well, first he runs into a window like he's going <laughs> to jump out of it. Right. And he, he flattens into it because he's so broadly hitting it, it's not going to shatter, yeah. and he falls off of it. You've seen that trope so he many times in, yeah. in Hollywood movies. Somebody jumps in a window, they immediately crash through. This basically said, no, hey, in our world, physics is still a thing, mm -hmm. and it's not that easy. But he opens up the window, and they could have done an elaborate him falling out of the window with a stuntman that would sure. cost a good amount of money. Instead, he He's up there, cuts to a scene of Eve Miles, and then back, and he's you hear him fall out of the mm -hmm. window, and then you see he's gone, and you hear like the chickens rustle or whatever. Right. And that's a fun little moment because the budget for this movie is $1.5 million. And yes. it is not a movie that looks like it cost $1.5 million <laughs> no. to make. It looks like at least three minimum three to five. Yeah, I mean, More I, I of a six to ten. Off of the top of my head, I was like, this is a six to ten. You know, but after looking back at it, when Rob looked up the actual numbers, I was like, I could see how they got there. But when you're watching the movie, you don't see how they got there. It just yeah. all works, and it makes it look much more expensive just because of the smart decisions made by the director and the director of photography and the gaffer yeah. to kind of take these moments that would have been really poorly executed by somebody who had six million dollars. Mm -hmm. They would have thrown some of these effects into a digital effect world that would not have been pulled off well no. right. at that budget. So they embraced the fact that they were low budget. They took that practical approach in 90% of the of the cases where they had effect shots and it worked to their advantage you gotta so wonder well. how much they paid for talent too because they had some good name actors oh they had there. some great so a lot of yeah. their money had to go towards talent right unless the people took UK, a cut the UK pay structure is different though I it think, is for, for films so this is another factor of it as well this is probably partially funded by the, the lottery out there right because that's mm -hmm. usually how most of these are done a movie like this could never be made in the states and if it were it would not be done well Okay. Right, right. And there are issues with this movie where you can see limitations and, and some of the stuff in it is arbitrary. It seems like there's backstory that we're never given. True. Part of me appreciates that. Part of me does not. Um, mainly, Eve Miles, when she's tied up at yes. one point, just decides that she's going to dust herself. She's, she's just done. She rips herself. So she's on these, uh, this is like iron cross, essentially, they ever pulled this It's kind aside. of a frame. A and fr she's, oh, it's yeah. a frame, an iron frame. Yeah. And she. I guess like rips herself through it. So I guess because I guess. iron looks like can, she exploded herself. Well, iron me. hurts you because she got hit in the face and it cut her face, right? right. So you sure. can see automatically that it, it's something that can hurt her. But she like with all of her might pulls through all of her shackles, which maybe it corrupted her blood in this mythos, and yeah. that's enough to I don't kill know, you. Because she healed from but that. The, but the point is, is she just... never. There was nothing given to us in her character's arc through the film. That would suggest that that made any sense. It for was her. just like we're getting rid she, of this character now for we're, no reason. We're our screen time is running out. We've got to go ahead and start killing people off. She's going on to a different because her character like up until that point she's, seemed very pragmatic, but yeah. also very capable, kind of a badass. A badass, yeah. But I thought she was going to be our secondary lead, making yeah, it through with absolutely. I thought in the end she and Sebastian were going to be the two to make it through. Absolutely, mm. and it just it, and for her to just kind of. Mm. Okay, it's time for me to, okay, to throw in the towel. <laughs> there was nothing satisfying about that. And and that does lead me to think that there if the writers had more material than they could show on screen that maybe there was some backstory we missed. Yeah. Maybe maybe there was something else that was supposed to happen. Yeah, but this movie could have done that, I think, and mm -hmm. it could have actually had 
a little more exposition on that part. Sure. Now, I mean, it, it clocked at an hour 33. Right. I would have taken an extra 10, 15 minutes on this movie to get some backstory that made that character arc make sense. Because honestly, like the dramatic parts, everything in the beginning that was kind of, it was funny, but it was dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting these twists and turns off a movie that you're expecting to be a lighthearted vampire comedy, kind of lighthearted is in like, it's a splatter comedy, whatever, right? Sure. Um, it caught me off guard that it was it was as good as it was right off the bat, but once it got into the action, that almost seemed to work to its detriment. In some ways, yeah. Because it, it seemed like... So we have this one character <clears throat> who is... He's our Asian vampire. You're right, right. Uh, who He's the super cool guy who wears the sunglasses, who basically looks like Agent Zero from like X-Men comics or something like that. Uh, he just basically... He did spawn, or not personally deliver, but his character inspired one of my first did-they-really-just-say-that lines in that movie. Oh my god, it was awesome. So he, so he's... <laughs> to lead up to that first, though, this guy this guy's really good with the, with guns. He's like the sure. assassin guy, We, we established that. We get on in the screen. beginning, yeah. he has his rifle, and he, he comes in and basically, like shoots this dude right off the bat like yeah. just there so it's cool and I'm like that's awesome we've established he's a badass and a vampire total and he is too cool to take his sunglasses off he's cool, too cool to be there for the vote exactly he was right. like he was like and Charlie Cox's character is like you know where he stands on that I, I take his side and it's like alright cool bro man alright yes Sebastian like ends up facing him at one point you're expecting in this situation you know, the big fight lead up that the Asian guy, who has already been established as the badass, that he's just going to command this whole fight sequence. Which, in effect, he does. But on our way to getting there, the white guy in the scene with the pitiful man bun <laughs> throws a few sub-karate kid moves and proclaims that he knows kung fu. Yeah, and I about lost it at that point. Yeah, well, you did. That that, I mean, that for me cemented somewhat of the tone of this movie. Is if you're taking me too seriously, you are missing the point. Yeah, there's it's enough. So dry though. That's yes. the best part about it. It's oh, very yeah. dry humor. It's very British humor. It's yeah. British humor. It's like Mitchell and Webb type stuff. It's, yes, it's just awesome. It's such a cool moment because then he does get into that. I call it the GoPro fight scene yes. because it's literally a GoPro fight scene. Just flitting around the room. Flitting around yeah. the room. The lighting, and that's the only scene where the lighting is just a little a little right. washed out. Right. Everything, and plus, because you can tell it's a different camera because it goes fisheye for when they're moving through. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but it works. It's still pretty cool. Like, it's a cool fight it scene. Cut. It that cut happens well. in there. It cut yeah. well in there. And uh, even with that, these some of these vampires just get taken out. Very yeah. quickly. And sometimes they, they dust, sometimes they don't dust. So, right. you know, he gets hit with an arrow and he just falls to the ground. And they're like, we got him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. You also shot him with like four other arrows that didn't get him, but that one did. Right. Like, he gets an arrow to the knee and it's like, I'm done for. And I'm like, dude. That's just an that's arrow to the knee. That's even before you got yeah. into a fight. When he miles <laughs> never running, he gets an arrow to the knee. Not even to the knee, but close. He falls. And she's like, oh, leave me. Oh, I'll. Right. And it's like, dude, you're not done for. But it is cool because he does have... The sunglasses thing starts making sense. And there's one specific sure. point. He takes off his sunglasses. Right. When he walks out of there, everyone else, their eyes have that glow. This really cool mm-hmm. glow on them. His look like high beams for a second. Yeah. And then have to, like, adjust. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and like it's not thrown in your. It's just there. In no, the, in yeah. watch it's a thing. Like, it's not over. The it's not over the blown. But if you're yeah. looking at it, it's there, and it's kind of like it harkens back to the whole idea of like pirates not really missing an eye. They're just wearing that eye patch so they can walk between a bright and dark environment and kind of switch the patch so that they're always immediately adjusted. It that's what it kind of feels like to me. Is there must have been some thinking of that being an element of it that he was just keeping his senses so yeah. extra honed in some way that when he finally took his glasses off now he was like 
extra badass kind of thing. That's that's the feel. It, well, it is. It it's has. that assassin approach too. And right. It's very much in how he's presented as this like lone wolf character. You know. Like, yeah. And Rob just, brought up a really good point with earlier. He's like this film's Riddick. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he is. He's kind of yeah. like he is like the Riddick of this with like the eye shine but not right. but it's something that he can as you said and I think that almost works better is the pirate approach mm. yeah the pirate of, yeah. of having the eye patch not for a lack of eye right but for being able to adjust your vision right for being outside or inside that's, that's to, what know. it struck me as because at first I'm like oh okay here's the I'm too cool to take my sunglasses off at night trope and then with that one simple moment with its very subtle but present visual effect of his eyes kind of doing that whole almost high beam thing, it suggested, oh no, they thought about this way more than just the Asian guy looks cool with sunglasses. See, and this right. is there was where, some thought to This that. is where the Eve Miles thing bothers me because I yes. know there's a reason for it. And it's but we didn't get it. Well, it's explained right. in the you know in in the in the synopsis, and no, that, that's well, the problem. It, we it, didn't get it. I know. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. When when you, it has to be explained in the synopsis, where you're like, oh, they used to have a lot of power, and now it's waning. I guess because modern day technology, things like that, it's harder to, to get rid of people than it used to be. And it, that's that's explained in the film a little bit. Sure. Yeah, never lot, Yeah, but not yeah, exactly. Not, not to, to the, the point, point that would show us a reason that the character yeah. of, that she is playing up till that point would all of a sudden decide it's not worth living. Well here's the thing, she wasn't there in the beginning when that conversation was happening. She no. was driving him there. And that's the problem that I have, because if she was there and saying and how it had, had been, how, how downtrodden sure. they had been. I feel like if any other character had done Should the suicide have, thing, yeah. that would have made sense as long as they had been in that initial conversation. Sure, you she, could justify it there. It would still I'm not be a bit you could thin. justify it. It would not, still be thin. It's but super thin. It's super thin. But at like, least there's something you could. Point I, I'm trying. The only other character, the only character that I could see doing that would have been Charlie Cox. Sure. I honestly yeah. think the only character that I think that could have sure. done that type of sacrifice Because he, he was the one who was the <clears throat> vegan. I don't eat human. Right. I eat he was like cows Louis. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it was like he was the moralist of the of the group, essentially. Right. I That would have made sense for her to do it. It didn't make sense. It not, that um, would be like Tank Girl doing see, it. See, it really is. Like, well, I Tank think Girl that was a bad herself. writing decision. Yeah. If, if we're not going to be given the backstory that makes sense for her character to do that, then they should have rewritten it that his character yeah. did that as him just saying, okay, it's come to a head. It's not worth it to me Well, anymore. she does so much badass like, stuff. She, and then, exactly. She like, was... And she even scratches the priest and turns him. Right. Or bites him or whatever. Right. And the thing is, it doesn't She's take much. It takes one. nothing to turn you. Apparently, right. a simple apparently bite not. on anything. It's right. like you really broke the yeah. skin. But she should have been the one who survived... Storyline yeah. wise, character arc wise, I agree. him surviving and not being the one who sacrifices himself yeah. seems more <clears throat> contrary yeah. to his character. Well, in right. the people who survive this film, it's very strange. Peter, we have Angel, who is uh, Frida's character, right? Um, Sebastian, Sebastian, and uh, Henry, which is Charlie Cox's character, right? These are our survivors. Now, when Charlie Cox's character, Henry, is tied up there at the end, I am totally expecting uh, Peter yeah, to, to take him out. Yeah. Kill him, because he, he confronts him with this thing of... He was the one dissenting vote to make uh, Sebastian right. the new eighth, by the way, if we didn't yeah. mention that before. And it basically, you know... They have this plan that they, they use uh, where he is playing... They Trojan horse, essentially, and this yeah. guy who had done nothing for the last, you know, Peter, who hadn't really yeah. done anything lately. He was just well. Now he has local dick. Yeah. Now he's now, now he's he he's doing something after because they had that confrontation. It's like you know what I need to put up or shut up, and they actually do it by making him the Trojan horse, where you just see people start getting picked off, and I'm I'm thinking I even asked you when we're watching right. this, I'm like, are they about to introduce like? 
another character. Another character or, right. or different creature. And that's, right. I yeah. thought, it, the exact same thing. I did, too. I thought yeah. maybe a werewolf I, or I mean, it's something. Tr- because something of how people were getting picked off, because this character's moving so quickly and, and just taking them out. And he had done nothing. He'd been very, very lackadaisical throughout most of the film. Yeah. And then and now you realize why he's such a badass. When he's saying he did this, he, right. he rode with these people, he conquered all these places. Right. Uh, yeah, dude, you did. Because holy shit, you didn't really lose a step in being a badass. Right. Um <laughs> and so that we're was, able yeah. and that was cool because we're able to have that trope yes. while at the same time making fun of it earlier yes. as we did where he did his big monologue and right. he got called out for yeah, what like, have we'll you do done lately and he's man. like yeah. Okay. Lately? Right, How about right fucking now? Well, because he even you says know. we should do this. He's like, Have you ever seen what was it, Zulu or something like that? Right. Zulu. He's right. like, Have you ever seen that? And then the guy's like, Yeah. And he's like, Okay, good. So you know where this is going with what right. I'm going to say. So we don't really have to like go through the whole thing. We can just walk away amicably, respect each other. They knew it wasn't going to work. We that don't was have the to watch thing. the trailer. <laughs> yeah. He already knew that that wasn't going to work. And that was a cool moment like I really enjoyed that and then he confronts Charlie Cox at the end and you're like man he could easily kill him he has him dead to rights he has him at this moment and he's saying Charlie Cox is like look you can have this territory and this other one just take him and I'm waiting for him to say I want them all and just kill him he had every opportunity to do that and then literally the movie could have been Sebastian versus that dude at the end right and he he consolidates and it could have been like every other horror movie that mm-hmm. does this and just generic as hell. Right. He gets, it's tense and you're uh, waiting it to happen. He goes, okay. And yeah. just cuts him free. <laughs> he and away. he's like, he's like, uh, good meeting. Yeah. Like pretty good much meeting. Yeah. as he turns around, good meeting. And then you're waiting for him to kill him still because I'm waiting for him to kill exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking for that yeah. behind he, the back he whips, moment. He whips but... the knife into the dirt. Right, and that's they they walk off and they're they're and I think that was beautiful. Yeah. That was kind of a you know because we've seen throughout the course of this movie that they are smaller in number than their quote unquote prey, and some yeah. of them don't even eat their prey. So they are obviously they get their strength from numbers, yeah. and they are very effective. And so it was it was kind of interesting to see that where maybe the morality isn't on par with what we would be thinking as humans, yeah. but they obviously have their own they separate their own, set of morality right. that applies to the way they live their lives. And he looked at this situation and said, no, he gets it. He's giving me this, but he's more useful alive so that we can well, protect each other. Well, they also have history yeah. together, too. So, like, sure. yeah, it would exactly. be arbitrary to randomly kill someone off that you have no issue with. Like, sure. Well, like, yeah. Like, Right. Legit issue with, um, and I think that's also what worked with this. And then you know he has the commander who's left in front of him, and he also at once said he's like I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do something that I haven't done and enjoy it in 600 right. years. Right. He's like, what's that? He's like, killing kill you. you. Yes. <laughs> but his way of doing it was amazing. So the commander basically yes. this entire time had been bribed beyond the church by a cosmetics company. That Apparently, was exactly, which was like unexpected. I that was good. one of the best. And I love though, when he's, I'll let Rob. Yeah, I yeah. love when he's like, "It's a cosmetics company," and I'm like, "Are you fucking what? kidding me?" And he's like, "Or well, well, whatever, man. We have all, we have more money than you could ever imagine. We'll take our money, then we'll give you that." And he's like, "Right, right but they bribed me first. <laughs> and um, we have he's honor. Like, I'm a man he's of like, honor. I'm a man of honor. I'm yeah. a man of honor. And they bribed like me that, first. Yeah. I'm yes. like, holy shit." That was brilliant. Oh, no, I'm a man of principle. Principle, I'm a yes. man, that's what it was. Yeah, I'm a man of principle, principle which they is even better than that. And right. it's so, they bribed me first. Um, I mean, that's the <laughs> freelancer's <laughs> Sorry, code. I mean, right, I've, I've worked book, as a freelancer for ages. If you book me first at a lower rate and somebody <laughs> else comes along, if I want to get that future work, I'm going to take that gig with a person who hired me first. So that kind of rung true to me. It's like, sorry, mm-hmm. they bribed me first. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's pretty much in this case what what happens. But you know, he gets free, and you're expecting him to kill him, right? But not exactly because we are. They basically he basically uh, is sitting on this on that rack, right? The yeah. frame, yes. being held up there, and you see that he is now a vampire, and the sun is starting to come up. The guy who was going to sell, yep, out to this fucking cosmetic company, and now he's a vampire. He was a dick dude. He was a total dick. Yes. 
And then the cosmetic company just shows up. Right. Yeah. And these three women come out. They look like nurses. They look yeah. like Swedish nurses. Yep. And... They were creepy, even it was though they so, looked like completely normal. It, it, they, it looked like they, cult, They looked man. normal. They it, did look like cult. They, they looked like disturbingly. They were disturbingly, right. disturbingly normal. And they basically just go up to him and draw some of his blood. Right before the sun comes up enough to he set him ablaze. Right. Yeah, he Which is what cements how weird they are, yeah. because there is zero change in them. Oh, they, they were just watching it happen. Like, just oh, like, right. okay, this they were is kind a, of dead. This man. is a thing that happens, and then they turn and leave with their blood sample. Yeah, they weren't completely dead, man, yeah. but they were just <clears> like, <throat> eh, not yeah. you know, just yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, then we have our our main characters, the three vampires. We have Peter, Angel, and Henry, and they've offered to let Sebastian become a vampire. And even right. even Peter's like. Yeah. I rescind my nay. He's yeah. like, yeah. You, you, you be, be one of us. I mean, they need to have eight. They only have three. Exactly. So they need to rebuild it. He's like, can you give me? Can you give me time to think about it? They're like, yeah. Sure. You got, you got plenty of time. We got to drive. Yeah. Tonight. We need a driver. We so, can't do that in a day. So. And they get back in the army. We're not going to so eat you, obviously. <laughs> right. And they're covered up, so there's no sun hitting them. Right. And then he's driving because he's not a vampire. But I love it. He drives off into the sunset. And then Angel's like... Into into the sunset. I'm, I'm sorry. Towards in, the well, sun. So, not into the sun, it's but into sunrise. the sunrise. Sunrise, sorry. right. He's sunrise, driving towards yeah. the sunrise. Towards the sun. Right. And she's like, um... Yeah, I think you're going the wrong way. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh yeah, sorry. And then turns around and drives you away from the sun. to drive away from the sun. And it is one of the best moments. That was great. It, to brilliant. me, that's, that's a brilliant ending because yeah. it's so solid. Then we find out that... The skincare company has come out with a new. Uh, yeah, we see a commercial. We see a commercial for the formula uh, that you can put on your face to make you stop aging. It's like it will yes. basically cease aging, and then it tells you that the side effects could be like sensitivity to the sun <laughs> and like rage, anger, or something. Like the whole thing is absolutely absurd on what it is that it actually will do to you. Um, like any typical <clears throat> drug you see advertised on TV. Right. Yeah, the, the amount of oh, wait, side no, effects, you know, yeah, the, the amount yeah, of side like, effects are ridiculous. It basically says the secret protein ingredient could cause sensitivity to sunlight, nausea, uncontrollable aggressive behavior, and an insatiable <laughs> desire for human blood. Right, <laughs> Junus is trademarked by Infinity Health and Beauty PLC. Disclaimer on Junus product. You know, like that's <laughs> so the, good. And it's, it's brilliant. And it's just like. I think it's great. I think like having having something like that that's very subtle at the end. Then she turns and the eyes glow. Right. It worked, but it wasn't like in the Resident Evil cheesy way where they oh, did with no, the movie was, where they're like cool. the Umbrella Corporation and their new uh, product right. may cause aggression. Right. And it's like okay, yeah, whatever. This was just it just fit. This just was stupid worked. fun because it's like wait, are these people now vampires? Right. Are exactly. they like That's what I was wondering. It was like it because our, you know, skin is like a sponge. Well, essentially so because it, it, it's since it's made of their blood, it's going to turn right. in cuz even they said a small scratch will do it. So I think right. basically if you have any open if it gets in your bloodstream at all you're done if you you're pl- done. pop a blackhead yeah. and put the cream yeah. on it's gonna go into your blood yeah. well I mean even just on regular skin it's, it's gonna, gonna go into your in blood there. it's gonna get right. in your bloodstream so right. basically it's it's how they start making vampires which makes for a very interesting it would be a good sequel which would be an interesting <laughs> yeah concept because obviously the uh, colonel commander whoever he was not on board with the idea of creating an army of vampires, but obviously he got bribed by somebody who. I'm sorry, there's got to be something. It can't there. just be eternal youth, what people are wanting for a cosmetic corporation. Right. It has to go deeper. By the way, though, right. the cannibal part of this film, oh, which good the Lord, eat yes. locals part. So, yeah, the refrigerator of body parts, like the husband and wife yeah. are cannibalistic serial killers. Who have been who have like an entire fridge filled of pickled body parts? Yeah, and this is why they were chosen as hosts. And he acts like he's innocent and would never kill anybody, and that she's the lunatic. He even says that she's the one and made him do it. Yet when he is free later, and there's this awesome moment between the guy (laughs) with the goggles, the night or the heat vision or the heat goggles, and Sebastian, where they run into each other, and he has a knife, and he's like, 
dude, we don't have to do this. Sebastian's like, we could just pretend like we never saw each other and just like go our separate ways. And then the guy's like, okay, cool. And He's just blends it. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and books it. And Sebastian's like, well, that was easy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, then Sebastian, or, or not Sebastian, this the, other the dude, soldier. the soldier runs yeah. into the farmer. Crazy dude. From the, but the farmer the base, seems yes. normal at first. And he's like, yeah. hey. And he's like, oh, basically, the, the guy like, says the exact same me. thing Sebastian said to him. Being right. like, let's just pretend we didn't see each other. And he's like, I'm human. He's like, you got to help me. Uh, you got to protect me. I pay right. my taxes. And he's like, sometimes I pay my taxes. And he's like, yeah. okay. Um, Most of them. He's yeah. like, do you have a gun? He's like, no, but I have a knife. And he goes, that ain't a knife. This is a knife. And pulls out like a fucking giant Bowie yeah. knife. And I'm like. A Bowie oh, knife on freaking steroids. Dust. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, do you just crocodile dump? He just crocodile dump. But then he, did. he yeah. gets this look of serial killer in his eyes. And you're like. Like Gary Busey eyes. Oh, That's what it reminded yes. me of. Gary he, yeah, Busey yeah. eyes. He goes straight to Gary Busey eyes and you're like, <laughs> he's going to murder him. Yeah. And he does. Very much. He murders yeah. him a lot. And a then, bunch. And then, <laughs> he murders all of him. Yeah. yeah he basically yeah. just chops him up and then uh, Angel finds him and uh, does away with him. Yeah. Like it's... Yeah. It's um, and he looks very happy about it the whole time. <laughs> oh my god! And it's the, the moral, like blissful. Even. Yeah, the moral compass of this is very. It's such a strange moment too because it's. I wanted a lot more explored in this, and I almost feel like sure. this is a film that could have been a series, a short oh, yeah. eight I episode. I think it would have been better as that because we could have gotten some more back more character, character development. You could have had, so we could have had an entire episode devoted to the cannibal each, couple. Well, and to awesome. each, yeah, each yeah, vampire yeah. coming in so we understood all have their background. You could have a tale would have given more right. gravitas to their yeah. meeting. So it this movie came out originally in 2017 in the UK, right? It is now just premiered 2019 in the US and was straight as like to prime video on demand. This is what I love about having things like Amazon Prime. This is how, yeah. you know, I found uh, movies like Possum, um, upcoming films that are going to be reviewed are going to be like Masks that came out in, I think, 2011 or 2012, but just came on Prime after finally getting to the U.S. in 2016, but no sure. one knew about it. Um, th this is what I think is really great about having these digital platforms now. You have to sift through a lot of garbage. But occasionally, but there's gems you there. find the diamonds yeah. in the rough. And yeah. for a directorial de debut by Jason Fleming, oh, absolutely. I get, I mean, honestly, like we don't normally do like ratings or anything, but it's like a seven out of ten. It's, it's it was, and I would say that's pretty accurate. It's, yeah, it was a thoroughly enjoyable film it with was. some holes, but as as a yeah. as a freshman effort at a one point five million dollar budget at that budget at that. Price point. With a really good cast. Amazing cast. Really good cast. Stable cinematic approach to the camera, the lighting. And they did the ending it of how was, they do British shows. Like oh, how yeah, when they right. did Miranda at the end where it's like, right. you've been watching Miranda. And it's like, you have been watching. And right. then they give all the cast members. Mm. And then it's like, right at the end. And it's yeah. a little bit of blooper. Eat local. And they do their right. little summer blooper, some art. Yeah. Right. Then we found out that the real name of the movie is Eat Local, not Eat Locals. Right. Even though the S is written on a lot of the posters. Which it's, would also make sense because it could be referencing the cannibal couple who are eating the eating locals. locals. Yes, and that's you what know, it is. So that's it's, what, it's, and that's it's the fun meta. part about it. It's right. very meta in what it is because you're thinking it's bigger than what it is, but it is. You're actually. thinking it's about the vampires, but really but the title is just the couple, referencing right. them. And actually, what their, their bags that say eat local originally. So that's right. fully right. on there. So the, the, the title has nothing to do with the vampires. It's all about that couple. Yeah, it really and is. Then which is the title own. also has nothing to do with the actual movie. No, and what's funny about it as well, just really the fridge of body parts. Yes. Um, yeah. What's funny is that I almost feel like now there's so much confusion on the title that if the first movie was Eat Local, the second could be Eat Locals. Yeah. Like yeah. Alien sure. Aliens, and I sure. feel like because that's almost it almost seems to work. Yeah. Better. Um, and if somebody want to change the poster, they just put another S on it. Eat Locals. <laughs> <laughs> or just put eat locals and square it like square yeah, eat locals right. square um, but you know I had I had a lot of fun with this movie it's yeah. kind of like 2009's Doghouse you know that's another UK horror film that was low budget very indie um, it, it, it's a lot of fun but it does have its flaws and this sure. is that same type of movie where it's a lot of fun 
but it does have its flaws. Sure. Uh, I highly recommend it, though. I think everybody needs yeah, to see definitely. it. Yeah, definitely. I, would, I, um, I think its flaws are imminently forgivable. They are there. Yeah. But they do not, at the end of the day, in my opinion, detract from the overall enjoyment of no, the ride that they take you on. No, it's very enjoyable to watch. It's very funny. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was good. Good. Well, this it is, didn't uh, lose me at all, except for where she offed herself. Yeah, that was that was really that was the only part, thing that, the that really screw up, detracting but, no. from yeah. it because we were like, "What the fuck just happened? Why?" Right. So that kind of took us out of the movie. But aside but, from that one glaring weird thing, we nope, weren't. Go we were, watch it. We were, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I watch mean, it. Highly, have fun. Highly recommended. It. It's a blast of a movie. Um, thank you guys for being on this episode. Yeah, it's been. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, this has been this has been uh, this is a change up from our normal format, um, but our normal format and this as well. You can find us on ohtheharrorcast.com. We're also at ohtheharrorcast on like Instagram, Facebook, and all those. Um, download wherever you find podcasts. It is uh, Oh the Horror, uh, hosted by Rob Holmes and Steve Ullman. Apparently, there's a lot of other horrors out there, too, but uh, we're the only one that's hosted by Rob Holmes and Steve Holmes, <laughs> um, and by Trish and Gordon Martin right now, too, so hey. uh, But until next time, uh, I've been Rob Holmes, and this has been Oh the Horror. Bye! Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here.